What's up, everybody? My name is Rich, and you have tuned into the Rich Podcast Network. Today, we are doing our series called Rich in Spirit, where we go into the community and we see the people who are influencing people to have that vibration, to carry that energy with them, that thing that just uplifts the people around them. And I am overjoyed to have one of the most amazing people in the world, my good, good, good friend, Tierra. A.K.A. Yogi TV. We in the building, man. We in the building. She mad at me right now. I'm not mad. I don't get mad. Let's make that very clear. Mm -hmm. I might be a tad, like, upset. But, you know, I forgive. I've done a lot of healing work on myself. So, I don't... I'm a Scorpio, so I can very much hold on to grudges for a very long time. Like, I won't forget uh-huh. But <clears throat> I've done a lot of healing work with myself for the past several years. And so, you know, I'm I made my own tea. I'm good. I I need I need healing because he, I just want y'all to know he called me. Uh-huh. The uh, what was that? Wednesday morning? Just yes. randomly. He didn't even know I was coming home. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm coming home. I was, he was like, let's get on the podcast because we were been supposed to do this, correct? Correct. This is all correct information. But the last time I was here, I was just, I was in prep for my show. So I was tired. Yeah. I had no energy. I would have been trash. Like the energy would have been low. You would have felt <laughs> it. Yeah. When I came in and I was like, yeah, I'll be back. Just get me some tea. He took my whole tea order, y'all. <laughs> is it still on your phone? Yeah. Can you I show the people the that my tea order is on your phone? Still? Hold on, let me see. Let me let me let me let me do some verifications. We need like some waiting music. I know, right? Hold on, wait. Let he me, all let nervous putting his password in wrong. It's... I got live password, peppermint, jasmine, green tea with a hand of cinnamon. Wow. That's crazy. And he still didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> And I even gave him extra time to get it because I asked, could we push our time back? I know, to right? To 10. I know, right? You did tire. I am tired. Man, <laughs> like, I've been on the go for real. You've been moving, though. I have. You've been moving. So what's like a typical day for you? I don't know. It just depends. Depends. I mean, okay, so every day starts the same, um, regardless of where I'm at or what I got going on, right? So I'll get up. And I will meditate, pray, like lay in the bed mm-hmm. and do it. And then I'll journal, write in my journal. Shout out to my big sis. She just, she sent me a new journal, like a gratitude journal. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so dope. Because <laughs> I, I usually just write in my regular journal. So I'll just write, you know, I might write some affirmations or I'll write like, you know, today is already a beautiful day. Like I expect to receive not I expect, but I will experience magic today or whatever it may be. And I'll just show gratitude for certain things. And then I'll get up, <clears throat> go put the tea on the kettle on the stove. Key on the kettle, kettle, tea on the kettle. Tea on the kettle. Tea on the kettle. Tea on the kettle. Or the, on the stove. On the stove. Tea on the kettle on the stove. Tea on the kettle on the stove. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then I'll go like, you know, brush my teeth. Well, scrape your tongue first before you do anything. Mm-hmm. If you're not scraping your tongue first thing in the morning... Hey, everybody out there with them ashy tongues. Yeah, scrape your tongue first thing in the morning. Hey, you know Amazon. I, I got mine from Amazon. Two come in a pack. So I have one that stays home. Then I have a travel one. 
that I take with me like when I travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can never have no excuse, right? Do you have are you in like are you do you have one of those Amazon like a list? Yeah. I kinda do. Like you get paid for it? No. Mm-mm. Set it up. I know I never did that. I honestly everything I'm doing now, I do a lot by myself. So I do get overwhelmed at times. Yeah. And then when I get when I find myself getting overwhelmed, I just not shut down, but I just be like, okay, I'm not doing anything. And then I feel like too much time passes, and then I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to you know text someone so back or answer this email. Like it's been times where I've I forgot to answer emails, and like two weeks have passed. Like I literally just responded to some WhatsApp messages, mm-hmm. like business though, but they had messaged me. Two weeks ago, but I was just, I just, my mind just be all over the place sometimes. Yeah. So I'm working on that. I'm I mean, human also. We all are human, you know, we all are human. But at the same time, I think you help a lot of people get through the anxieties and stresses and depressions that they may be feeling on a daily basis, you know. So what are some of the things that you do? We know, I know that you are way more than a yoga instructor. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, that's the one thing I know for sure. So, like, trying to, like, get into, like, what does it mean to you to be, like, a a practitioner of yoga and all the other things that you're into? And Um, we definitely going to get into your (laughs) your scholarship, too, because that's probably the most amazing thing. Uh... I would say that, you know, yoga is cool. When you think about yoga, a lot of people think about the physical aspects Mm -hmm. of yoga. But one thing I try to do is just tell people or, you know, educate people that yoga is just more than the physical. It's about embodying the total practice of yoga. So, you know, that's how, you know, when I came in this morning, how I greeted the both of you, right? Uh, How I treat myself how I treat others, uh, yoga is about the breath. Yes. So I just really try to really harp on with people. Even in my classes, if you ever take my classes, I really harp on breathing. I don't care if you do the poses or not, but if you're just sitting there and you're just like, <sighs> just breathing. Yes. I didn't mean to breathe all on your mic. You know, we can disinfect it. But you know, like just showing gratitude for your breath, because I think that's one so minor, but so huge, such a huge thing that we mm-hmm. take for granted sometimes. We don't just sit and be like, damn, I'm breathing today. That's real. Because how many people <clears throat> either aren't breathing or need assistance with breathing. So I really try to focus on that. Like even with like my athletes and stuff, how do you react when you're in a situation like whether you're on the field, on the court, in practice, whatever it may be, and you start to feel anxious or overwhelmed? How do you use your breath to control like your heart rate, slow your heart rate down to control like you going into that tunnel vision mode where you just silence everything out. Like That's the, so interesting. Yeah, like the breath is everything. The breath is everything because it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like I'm just thinking about we get into environments externally mm-hmm. and it can impact like our environment within Mm-hmm. You know, and breathing is kind of like the governance of with of that environment inside of you. Right. And I know a lot of people, you know, anxiety, people are like, I have anxiety. Yes, but you can control it, though. Yeah. To an extent, you know, or like 
like you said, how do you respond to these situations that are external? Nine times out of ten that we can't really control. Mm-hmm. But it's anxiety. Where was I at? Oh, I did Rodney McLeod's camp on Saturday. Okay. Such an amazing experience. Like, I flew back home for that. He hit me, and I was like, I will be there. <laughs> yeah. He was one of my first clients, like, athlete, athletes. Yeah. Like, and but we all grew up together. Like, we all ran track against each other in high school. So, we've always, you know, all of us have had that connection. But one of the speakers, he was, he was talking about mental health. And he was saying anxiety is basically like, how do you respond? You, how do you respond to these things? Yeah. And I was like, yes. In my head, I was like, yes. That's this what is I what I'll be speaking about. Like, I say that to everybody, you know. How do we... Like, I was telling you before we got on, like, I've done a lot of healing work on myself. Like, yeah. I don't... Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't hold grudges and all that stuff. But, like, how do I respond to these situations that I can't control? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, do I let these things... Like, if I... You know, I was trying to get here on time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, certain things happen. But do I get angry and just drive with road rage or do I just still take my time, enjoy the drive, get here safely? That's real. Rather than trying to rush. Because the person who is most in control in a situation that could be hostile or causes panic is usually the person who's most empowered in that situation. Right. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? Yeah, I'd be randomly thinking of rap songs, huh? Okay. Uh, what's that joint? Dun, 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 The Eminem joint? I don't know. Knees know? weak, arms are heavy. Oh, oh, yes. Vomit on this. His, his palms are sweaty. <laughs> yes. But no, I'm just thinking about just in that situation where it's like the person who can, you know, again, regain themselves, collect themselves. Mm-hmm. The person who can collect themselves ends up being the one who can exert themselves in the most Ooh. intentional way. It's kind of like, it's not just, it's more than breathing. It's like, how do I use my breath? Yes. Ooh. Come on, preacher. No, nah, that's real, man. Because I think we get we get too caught up in, like, the learning um, about breathing, you know? But then you get into the point where it's action-oriented. Like, agency is attached to your breathing. Like, and you can slow the world down. Yes. That's what I mean by, like, how do you use your breath to just follow your breath? Slow down that heart rate and just really just allow yourself to be in that moment. Like I just finished, <clears throat> I just finished reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He's one of my favorite speakers, one of my favorite authors. Like if y'all ever listen to Oprah Super Soul Sundays, like listen to his episode because he drops gems. <laughs> but one of the last chapters of the book, it was talking about surrender, or maybe it was a chapter before surrender. And he was like, forgive the now. Yeah. And I was like, what? Forgive the now? Like, I'm reading the book right now. Like, that's the now. Like, that's the moment I'm in right now. How do I forgive the now? But it's just literally going back to, you know, just surrendering and just allowing yourself to be specifically in this moment. Like, right now, I'm in this moment with you. I'm not thinking about what I got to do in, like, five hours or tomorrow or whatever maybe. Like, none of that really matters right now. That's real, and that's what it, and that's that's what releases anxiety too. Mm-hmm. To the idea of like nothing is more valuable than right now yes. in this moment in space and time that we occupy. But I think a lot of us, and I know personally, because anytime I speak, I speak, you know, from my experience, mm-hmm. or I speak from my journey. I've been on this journey for seven years, like 
Facebook has a way to remind us <laughs> about the our bro, past for some the, reason. Like, I think somebody, I, I, I think, so, listen, I think somebody just running it like, we're going to humble TRB today. <laughs> like, I was humbled earlier, like last week. It was like seven years ago, I was in this dark, ugly space. Yeah. But, you know, just taking that time to not try to, Satisfy the whole world around me, yeah. basically, is what I'm trying to, you know, get to. And just, you know, focusing on myself and how I can be a better Tierra so I can... Because if I, st- I feel like if I still was in that space where I allowed myself to get content where I was seven years ago, one, we would never have met, right? Facts. And two, like, I don't know where I would be, honestly. No, that's real. But your light is a blessing, though. Your light is a blessing. Like... Because in reality, we are still all in the same dark space. Yeah. But our light shines brighter. And the more our light shines, the smaller the world gets. Ooh. You know? But it's still darkness on the periphery. You know? So we can never stop. We can never we can never stop building our light. We can never yes. stop shining brighter. Or doing that work. Facts. Because darkness is on the periphery. You know? It's the, it's the wisdom of the Kabbalah uh, that we are sparks of God surrounded by a husk of evil. Mm-hmm. So with every good deed, with um, every time we nurture our spirits, our souls, our blessings, every time we practice one of these, one of these acts, we are essentially making our light shine brighter. And like that's the reason why this show is so important to me, because the people who I see that are like really rich in spirit is the people that I really don't even know what's going on with them. I imagine they got a lot. I imagine you got a lot going on. Listen, you know what I mean? I I literally wrote this. I don't know if I wrote it in my journal or I was talking to somebody the other day or I was talking to my mentor. And I was like, listen, I look like this on the outside mm-hmm. or or people may think, you know, oh, she, she living the best life. Don't get me wrong. I live a very fluid life right now, but I worked for it and I'm still working for it. I'm not where I want to be. Right. But I don't look like what I've been through. I don't look like what I'm going through in this moment because I just feel like if I walked around feeling sorry for myself or just, just, you know, my posture is just, my shoulders are rounded forward. My head is down, not looking people in their eyes. I'm not, you know, I'm just very somber. Just think how that would just affect everybody. Yeah. Like, I'm an empath, so I take on, when I touch people, I take on people's energies. Like, when I got back home last weekend, I flew out here for Pride for a day, and I was in and out literally 24 hours. As soon as I got home, I had I had to do massages. I did five massages back-to-back. I never did that. Like, literally back-to-back, no breaks in between, for real. And at the end, like, this arm is fine. This hand is fine. But my right hand, it is in pain. That's crazy. It hurts so bad. It's it's my right hand up to my wrist, up to my elbow. I don't know what I took on from the people I was touching, but like I'm holding on to something right now. And I've all week since I've been back, I've been trying to figure out how I can like release that energy, whatever it may be. So I've just been trying to spend a lot of time outside, barefoot, walking around on the grass. I probably just need to just go hug a tree for real, honestly. <laughs> Seriously though, <laughs> like real. trees are so their roots go so deep. They're they're strong enough to withstand and withhold any energy that we give to them. 
Uh, I say it all the time. The most beautiful thing about a tree is that its roots grow as deep into the ground as its leaves grow towards the sun. Yeah, like they're meant to take on the heaviness that we that we feel like we have to carry around That's daily on our backs. But like, we're man, really we're vessels of energy. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired, and I was linked up with one of my homegirls on Friday, and I was just like, as a service provider. Who's going to hold space for us? Yeah. Like, we're constantly holding space for others, but a lot of people think we just have it all together. Mm-hmm. When nine times out of ten, we really don't. But that's our job, right? To just to show up and hold space for others to our best abilities. And so, like, I really harp heavy on, you know, therapy or just having some type of safe outlet or comfortable outlet where you can just release whatever it may be. No, that's real. But also at the same time, like don't underscore your greatness because people don't, people not coming to you to be perfect per se. It's more so like, even though you are perfectly imperfect, can you still show up and serve? Will you, will you still choose to show up and, and serve? It's like that. It's like the traffic analogy, traffic metaphor you gave earlier, you know, you're driving up here and you're running late and this is happening. This is traffic. You know what I mean? You go into the side street, there's more traffic. You could get frustrated and just say F it. How many people just say F it? Uh, Listen. If I was in D.C. and I couldn't find no parking and 20 minutes had passed, I was going back in the house. On the real, bro. (laughs) Hey, look, I know we was getting all deep, but son, let me tell you. But this is this is how we always talk. I know, right? We be on the phone for hours. That's a fact. When we do get to get on the phone. Exactly. You know, we TV busy, man. What? (laughs) I be busy. All right, all right, all right. But no, nah, let me tell you this DC story, right? Okay. So, boom. Um, I go to um, support my homie, Miss M. Uh, she got this crazy partnership with UPS. She got run Impact DMV. That's my, I got to plug you. And she does a lot of work on getting her, her kids full scholarships for college, you know? So she did this event, super crazy event, gave out iPads to all her kids, brand new iPads to all her kids, right? Super dope, right? So I go there, I got a mentee and all of that. So, you know, building with my mentees and stuff. And then, you know, we was like, all right, we're going to do an after situation, right? (laughs) So I'm like, all right, bet, like, cool, I'll do that. Like, So I hop in the whip, skirt, skirt, right? That's what you did? You skirt, skirt it off? Okay. Well... I'm going to D.C., so I hide all my valuable stuff first, right? <laughs> then I skirt, skirt, right? Skirt, skirt. I'm looking for parking. I say, you know what? Fuck this. I park in the uh, alley right next to the joint. So then this lady. Why would you do that? This older lady in a, in a Maserati pull up on me, skirt, skirt. And she like, nah. Uh, she goes, nah, you, you don't want to park that right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. She goes, park right behind me. So we park in the front of the alley. And she a veteran, you know what I'm saying? So we park in the front of the alley. I park, and then she park in front of me. Boom, boom, boom. So she go in her club, I go in my club. So I walk in the club, and, you know, it's my homegirl party. So I'm like, hey, what's up? Her people, she got in the front. She like, yeah, man, we just got a new party at this place. Boom, boom, boom. On this day, boom, boom, boom. Make sure you, I'm like, all right, bet I'm in there. You know, so I go up the steps. Turn around, 
And it was just a lot of human beings, bro. So when was this? This was like a few weeks ago, maybe. Oh, two this days. is now. Okay. Yeah, this is now. So Ooh, I turn child. around, go back down the steps. All right. And I'm like, yo, I'm gonna see y'all <laughs> such and such and such day. I get it to the whip, bro. I get it to the whip. You know what I mean? I get it to the whip and I'm blocked in with the lady. Oh, yes. So I gotta find the lady. I find a lady. She like, how the hell you find me? I'm like, don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry about it. And I get out of there. But that's just that's just the story <laughs> I wanted to share that people may or may not be interested in. So basically, the moral story is that you was a little overwhelmed when you walk in and saw them people. Honestly, being in public places, being in public spaces kind of does overwhelm me now. There's nothing wrong with it. You know? And it's like, I always go with the Kendrick Lamar line, like I'm a, a antisocial extrovert, you know? I'm very well in public. I'm very well in public settings. You know, I'm a, I'm a people person. I would just like to say, you're an ambivert. Well, okay. Yes, Definitely I, I mean because that's me too, though. Because like I love when I be at home and I'm in my crib. It 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 gotta take like it, the the move gotta sound real good for me to come out the house. Right. But of course, like what I do, I have to be around people. I have to you know entertain people. I lead yoga retreats so that's a group of people yeah and so i do get overwhelmed but i also know my limits so when i do start to feel overwhelmed i might people might see me get a little quiet that's just me talking to myself like all right here get your shit together uh -huh. like take, take take a moment take a breath and, or i might like go back to my room or something but then you might see me out later but you know like i know like when i i know my my boundaries basically yeah, exactly Exactly. And I love human beings. Like, I love human beings. I don't care. I don't care if you feel like you're the most blessed or fractured person in the world. Like, I genuinely, genuinely love you, you know? Same. But like you, I too feel like I'm an empath. So I'm in a room and I just feel everything. Yeah. I just feel everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, I like going out, but I don't, I, I, it's the things I'd rather do. You know what I mean? I'd rather be walking a boardwalk on Italy. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be walking on the pave stones in France. I'd rather be <laughs> in the market of Accra. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be in Haiti somewhere, like, learn about Dessalines. I'd rather be somewhere. Uh, I'd rather we say where I could experience a culture phenomenon unique to that place. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm, we're in this nation where like entertainment and distraction are such key parts of what makes it work. It, the, the entertainment, the entertainment and the distractions, it what is what makes the exploitation like acceptable. Yeah. That you gotta work your, you gotta work, you gotta work your 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 heart off to be able to provide for yourself in a way where you can get the things that you need. Yeah, and I don't want to work. Not at all, <laughs> And that might sound bad, but I don't want, you know, like what I do to feel like work. Like, I, I know, I remember when I first started teaching, when did we meet? 2017, right? <sighs> It had to have been 2017. It was 2017. Or I think it was 20, yeah, 2017. It had 2016, 20, 2017. Yeah. 
And so when I first, you know, left the government and I started teaching, I'm like, yeah, I'm out here. I'm teaching. People don't know. A lot of people don't know. I think y'all know, but y'all don't know. A lot of stuff that I've done and that I still do to this day are for free. F-R-E-E. Remember that. Pin that at the top of your head. So, and I've talked about this before. I wrote about this in like a blog I did for Namastatics. Like, it got to the point when I first left, I was broke. Mm-hmm. You know, I go from making $80,000 a year, 80000 plus, being in government, being in law enforcement, you know, full benefits, retirement, all that, to nothing. Like, I was struggling to put gas in the car, going from point A to point B. I'm just taking on any gigs just because the shit sounded cool. And I'm thinking I'm about to get paid my worth. When in reality, a lot of people did not want to pay me my worth. Yeah. And I was just still doing it because it's like, okay, it looks good. It sounds good. Like I'm doing the shit for an image. But I was burnt out. And I stopped teaching for like a year because it started to feel like work. And I feel like anytime something I love or I'm passionate about begins to feel like work, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And so me taking that year break... I just felt lost at that moment. And mm-hmm. I had to like just reevaluate why I was doing these things. That's real. And so me coming back out in like 2019, starting to teach again, that was like a huge, like a pivotal moment for me. Yeah. Cause that's I feel like that's when like my life really did start to change in 2019. Um, basically. So I don't want to work. I don't like I don't want to wake up every day like, oh, I gotta teach today. But like that's why I'm doing everything I'm doing now is setting me up for everybody keep like this soft life. This term is becoming a fad now. I wanna live the soft life, but do y'all really know what the soft life is? What is the soft life? Like that's embracing that feminine energy. Yeah. A lot of us have a imbalance of masculine feminine energy and nine times out of ten it's that masculine energy that outweighs that feminine energy that masculine energy is that grind that hustle mode i sleep when i die type mentality that go 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 like pounding the pavement type mentality when in reality you can do less and receive more yeah like i don't know if y'all you know do less is more less is more that's that statement is so true like less is so much more and I do less now like I don't even teach as much weekly like I used to do mm-hmm. but I'm doing so much more that's real but at the same time it's I agree with you especially about this idea of like embracing the feminine energy because when you again like I'm not harping on the nation I live in because I do love my nation as much as I love my people mm-hmm. like it's no mistake about that but it's this thing where like the type of person that you have that you have been taught that you got to become yes to get where you're trying yeah. to go. no I get it because yeah. I was like that too though you know like I was told I gotta go to college I gotta get a degree I gotta as soon as I get out of college I gotta get this government job when in reality I graduated college in 2012. I went to one of the top universities in the United States. Like, I'm like, yeah, I went to the Pennsylvania State University with a degree in crime law and justice pre-forensics. I'm thinking that shit going to get me a job off a a name alone. It took me like two years after college to get a a job. That's real. And that really weighed a lot on me, though, because I'm like, damn, I'm not successful. Because, you know, they tell you you go to college, as soon as you graduate, you're going to get a job, guaranteed. 
No, like, that's not how it works. It's not though. But that's that's when I started to realize, like low key, like I don't have to be programmed to live this way. That's Our parents I mean. were taught that this they were built, they were raised on survival. And so having a government job, going to college, that is the foundation for survival. That's real. That's real. When that's not true. It, exactly. And and it's a crazy thing. And as I'm a I'm a professor. So like Oh, you're a, a what? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Rich. You know, but it's All right, I'm sorry. It's just this thing where like with my students, I'm always telling them like you know, you go to college to get a job, but you need to get the job while you're in college. Like, yeah. You like you got to start your job hunt freshman, sophomore but year. But they don't tell us that, though. Exactly. They don't tell us that. They tell us to just go <laughs> graduate and then go into the real world without an ex without enough experience in the in the field mm -hmm. like of whatever discipline that you took part Listen, in you know my so. freshman year at Penn State I was turned up I was partying I was drinking I was smoking every day almost basically right, literally right. and I, I mean I still maintain above a 3.0 don't get me wrong now but I wasn't thinking about what I wanted to do so, like, when I was going on interviews for a lot of these government agencies, and they asked, how many times did you, I mean, you know, did you smoke? I'm like, I was 17, but they want to know specifically, specifically how many times. I'm like, listen, I was a freshman in college at Penn State. I was 17 years old. Yeah. I didn't know where I wanted to go in my life. Now I'm 23. Facts. Who's thinking about that at 17? That's right. But the thing that I feel like is wild is that was just a factor that, disqualified me from these jobs, these law enforcement jobs. When it's like, I'm actually more than highly qualified Did for this position. Polygraph? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I could not pass Secret Service polygraph to save my <laughs> life. And this lady was so mad at me. I'm like, listen, I want to be like, bitch, I don't know. I was 17. I'm 23 now. <laughs> Do you remember what you was doing? Your old ass was doing when you was 17? Facts. Like they act like, the thing that gets me is that they act like they never lived life yeah. as a teenager. 17, you're still technically a teenager. That's real. Like, I still depend on my parents at 17. I'm still calling my mom, like, hey, mom, can you put $20 in my account so I can, we can put, I can put up for this bottle this weekend or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's real. But, like, but once I realized this, like, no. Yeah. And I'm not harping on anybody who has a nine to five because, listen, I, if I could find, like, a nine to five, like, I will go back to get paid to do what I love. And that's, whether it's wellness or fitness, you know, whatever it may be, I mm. think that's amazing. But I don't feel like a job should kill you. A job should not and I, yeah, detriment it, Your living. mental health, yeah. And that's that's when I knew, like, that was my limit. My mental health was being impacted. And I was like, yeah. Can we talk about mental health for a second? Yeah, we can. Because I was uh, watching something very interesting on one of my YouTube dives. And it was saying that the that uh, your brain is in your stomach. Yeah, the Dantean. That's your second brain. Talk talk to me about that, please. No, tell what me what it? you found out. Though. So it's like they were basically saying that everything grows from the stomach of the human, mm -hmm. you know? So like usually like if it's things going on in your gut and your stomach, like it could be something related to your nervous system. Trauma. And uh, trauma, right? So, like, I was just thinking about, like, mental health and 
in relation to consumption, the things that we consume mm. and how do the things that we consume, not just um, you some. yeah, not just the things that we eat, but the things that we wash, the things, the things that yes. we, all of the things, the things that we touch. Yes, you know, uh, you were talking about your right hand earlier, like it hurts. Everything. <laughs> like, if you see me like this, it's because this. I don't know what it is, but it is killing me. That's real, right? And it's like, I'm thinking about just all of these things, like how much of our mental health comes from us having to change our life diet, not our food diet, but like everything that we allow into our environment and space in life. Like I'm getting excited because that's what I think. That's how I feel. It's like if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling depressed, the first thing I'm trying your to stomach do, drops to your ass. Yes, uh, and I'm trying to audit my healing process. It starts with an audit. Like, what am I watching? Who am I talking to? Like, what am I listening to? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I gotta audit everything around me to figure out. Like, or think about like when you go into people, I'm talking to y'all, listeners, whoever, when you go into certain places or situations and your stomach just drops to your ass, mm-hmm. that's a sign. That's that's like your gut. When they like your gut feeling, listen to it. Always. That's your, use that discernment, that intuition. The Dantian is your second brain. It's located in your gut. And first off, people don't even talk about that. So for you to say that, that's huge. People don't know about that. And I learned about it the first time when I went to my prison yoga teacher training in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And that's where we hold trauma. Yeah. Like I'm trauma, trauma focused, certified, and I'm prison yoga certified. Like a lot of people might not know that. Remember I was teaching at the prison? Yeah. Jessup? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the training is trauma based basically. And we focus a lot on not only you know, the movements, but breathing really heavy, but breathing from your gut, focusing on a lot of poses that activate the Dantian and, you know, like in our hips and stuff, because all of that is right there. Yeah. Like it's all housed in that same area. And we hold trauma in our hips. So people are like, damn, my back hurt. You might be holding some trauma right there. Your, your hips, it's a blockage right there. Like, so But weird. when you say consumption... How much sugar are you intaking? Sugar yeah. impacts that, like your mental health and all that. A lot of sugar. So, like when you know, when it comes to like my diet, people are just like, oh my god, you're not eating, da da da. But it's like in 2017, I went no, not 2017. I'm sorry, 2015. That was seven years ago, right? I'm not good at math. Yes. Okay, that was seven years ago, right? I need you to affirm me. Okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but. <laughs> I went through something very traumatic. Yeah. And so I went through a very dark time and I had to change my life 360. Mm-hmm. Like how I thought, the things I was taking in, the people I was around, you know, the things I'm consuming. And it's a lifestyle. That shit's not like an overnight type thing. It's not microwave results. It's literally like you have to change everything. So like, I had to, I, if I say no, if so, like you go, no. Anything you say is not going to change my motherfucking mind. I don't care who it is or what it is. Like, I'm not doing it. If I'm, I'm not going to eat something, like if I go somewhere and this stuff I can't eat, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah. And not that I can't because of dietary restrictions, but I just don't 
put certain things in my body, like dairy. People don't realize dairy is like the leading cause of a lot of ailments inside the body. That's real. So like, I love cheese, don't get me wrong. But I can't do it. Or like, I had a milkshake the other day. I haven't had a milkshake in years. And I was talking to my best friend. I was like, I just got a milkshake from cookout. She was like, why would you do that? A cookout milkshake. Let me tell you That thing was like 85 It was mink mink in my stomach so bad. (laughs) I, I learned my lesson. I'm never doing it again. That's real. I mean, to keep it all the way honest, you don't see any other animal in nature feeding off of the nipple of another animal. No. No animal nurses from another animal. No. And human beings are animals, like, and digesting, like, and then you got the whole idea, because again, son, I go through these, I go through these crazy little dumpster dives. A lot of times it's the pasteurization of yeah, the dairy. it is. You know, like my homeboy, good, good brother, he was telling me that, um, like he was te- he was teaching me he was teaching me about like pasteurizing and all of that and how that's the thing that's really killing a lot of people is he a farmer huh is he a farmer no nah, he's not a farmer he's actually um a professor of arabic okay all right um muslim brother nation in the nation and he's like telling me that there's been a shortage of the the baby milk yes baby, baby formula, formula. Mm-hmm. baby formula so he's been using goat milk He's been going to like the farmers markets and buying goat milk for his child, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and he was telling me they were like, "Is him when they was talking about the milk situation?" He was like, "Oh, it's the pasteurization." I was like, "But uh, that being said, like, you don't see that in nature with anyone else. Mm-hmm. So it, it it only makes sense that we we follow the laws of nature. And nature is our best teacher, honestly. Like." Even going back to the power now, he was saying, like, you don't see, you know, birds and 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 ants or whatever animal you want to name or trees or grass getting angry or thinking about what they got going on or or what they need to do or just worried about the next person. And he used like an analogy of ducks. I think it was ducks. And he was like, he sat outside and was watching some ducks. <laughs> waddle along and then they started fighting uh-huh. randomly and then next thing you know they was just waddling along again like ain't nothing really <laughs> happened like then they was friends again it's just like why do we yeah. hold on to things or just like try to control situations or just you know that's going back to forgiving the now facts we turn conflict into permanence we make conflict permanent yeah but I, you said something like two or three minutes ago that I really wanted to focus back on because it's a real big message in it. Um, you said that you went through some things and mm-hmm. you had to change some things mm-hmm. and you made a complete 360. Mm-hmm. It's very important that we understand that trauma never leaves us. No like way. it stays with us forever. So most people equate change not into making a 360, but making a 180. Like most people make 180s where you're just literally turning your back to your problems. Like you're not completing a cycle and evolving into a new human, Mm -hmm. you know, to confront that trauma that still exists, that's still there. 
You know, it's more so you're avoiding it or averting it or you're saying that you put something in your past. But when the people travel, their culture and their traumas travel with them. Yes. So I just never want us to forget the the difference between, I say this all the time, like revolution and evolution. Like, I don't want to see you revolt against your problems. I want to see you use your problems and, and, and use that as the, the fuel and the motivation to inspire a full, full evolution into the being you have to be to walk with those things and use them to not only make yourself a better person, but to make situations around you better so that everyone can benefit that knows you. Ooh, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I promise you, people don't know, like, I cry. First off, I'm a Scorpio. My whole chart is water. I'm a <laughs> cry baby. I'm emotional. I'm passionate. I like to say I'm very passionate, right? Mm-hmm. Of things that I put my energy into, people I put my energy into. Like, if I'm really in your presence, I love you. Like, if I'm, you know, touching on you, I, I do that to all my friends. Mm-hmm. They're like, tear. <laughs> like, I can't help it. I just want to put my hand on your lap Aww. or touch your arm or something. It's just letting you know that I'm here. I feel you, whatever it may be. But like, when things happen, I know I've grown because I just don't have time. The way I've evolved, yeah, emotionally and mentally, I could quick easily be that like going off here. But why? Why exert that energy? And it's just going to deplete me more than it depletes the other person, right? Or you know, just realizing. Some things don't even warrant a response or even expecting people, like when people do things, expecting somebody to apologize. I don't look for those things anymore. You That's know, right. like I just, I just let go. Not saying I forget, you know, excuse me, but yeah, I forgive these. Forget. Yeah, I forgive these things for myself, right? And I just have to realize like maybe this person is going through something I just don't know. So they're, responded to me this way or you know like yeah I'm going to be upset my feelings are going to be hurt but I just don't expect a person to spin the block like you know what I said the other day I'm sorry but that's the power of now it is you know what I mean that's what you was relating to earlier but the thing is like I didn't even I haven't even I literally just finished the book and I've had the book for so long I had started it but Mm -hmm. I didn't I have a toxic habit of starting like five books at one time and not finishing any of them. But I started in my, I have a, I have a new thing now called the power list. And I learned this from my family at First Form. Carly, hey girls, my shout out to you. And Nick, hey. And so the, the power list, basically it's a list of like five things. You can have a list of three things, right? Just depend on your capacity. Five very simple things that you do every day that are going to get you one step closer mm-hmm. to that ultimate thing that you're going for. And so my power list, every morning I wake up, you know, I pray, meditate, woo, 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 my tea, had my little dance around session for like an hour in the morning. That's why I'm always late to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> always late to my workouts because I just be in the crib, just yeah. shaking my ass, dancing around, whatever it may be, however I'm feeling. And then I read 10 pages of a book a day. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that helped me finish the power now, to help me finish... Uh, set boundaries, find peace when I was in Costa Rica yeah. on my retreat. Like, that's really helped me. You know, drink a gallon of water a day, take a 30 minute nap a day. Just like these simple things that are going to keep me going. 
Because yeah. that once you you know check those five things off your list, like damn, I had a productive ass day. Facts. You don't even have to do ten thousand things. Facts. But you fed the beast though. It's a mental thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You fed the beast like you fed the beast like dances. Dance is something that gets understated in the world, but dances, dancing movement is like a sacred, sacred practice and ritual that like at one point was a part of living life for everybody, you yeah. know? Like it's something that happens when we when we dance, when we move around. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that happens when we drink water, you know? It's something that happens when I get that 30 minute nap and I'm mm, dangerous. Listen, I'm dangerous. Even if it's 20 minutes, I'll be blessed for 20 minutes. I don't uh, care what real, it is. Like I'll lay on the I'll have lay on the bed with my legs hanging off and I take a nap. I don't care what it is. Man, what? I listen, I was right here. Before I go to my next destination, I will take a nap. I don't care what's going on around me. But you want to know where I learned, like, to just dance and be free? Where? In a yoga class. That's crazy. Swear. It was my freshman year of college. This is when I started, like, getting into yoga. 2008. Y'all do the math. Calculus is not my is not my jam, okay? Clearly, if y'all can't tell, math is not my thing. I'm a science girl. Biology, you know, all that good stuff. But, like... I wish I could find my yoga instructor. Her name was Shani. I took yoga as my gym credit because I wanted to, a class I could bullshit in. I yes. thought it was going to be easy. It mm -hmm. was hard. <laughs> Not hard as far as the movements because I've always been flexible, but hard as far as me just surrendering and being vulnerable yeah. in a space of people I did not know. Yeah, I'm the only black girl in the class, by the way. Just to put perspective into place, right? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> only only black girl, right? My instructor was a white lady, Shani. I think her last name is Adams. Amazing. Like I want to find her and hug her because I feel like I owe her so much. Yeah. Like the only other black person I knew that was doing yoga was my uncle, my dad's brother. Mm -hmm. Like he traveled the world to do yoga. Like go to Kripalu in New York. He'll go to like Sweden, all the Iceland, all these places, all these fancy places, whatever. But I remember one day we came to class, she had the lights off. So we're like, damn, we ain't have a class today. <laughs> she made us get in a circle. She turned some music on. She said, close your eyes and dance and move. When I say that was the most awkward shit I ever did in my life. Yeah. But it was just like, why is it awkward? Everybody's eyes are closed. We're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, why am I comparing myself to other people? Literally, everybody's in the room just like... Comparing yourself to people you literally can't see. Yeah, like, why? And so, sometimes I'll do that. Like, I know I had them do it on my retreat in Costa Rica. We were on the beach. And they was just looking at me like, <laughs> this bitch is crazy. But that taught me so much. I literally marched to the beat of my own drum. I literally be in my own world. Mm -hmm. Like, if anybody knows me, I know I'm my, my, I be in my own world, I'm in my business. Like, even when I'm home and I'm out with like the bros, if we go out to the club or something, I have, I would have this on, some tennis shoes and a hat, no makeup. And then I just be sitting, chilling in my Real own talk. world. But that really taught me so much. Like, being vulnerable doesn't make me <sighs> susceptible to, you know, for things to happen to me. Yes. Right? Being vulnerable or surrendering to the moment just reminds me that I'm human. Yes. And it's okay. You're human and you qualify to live. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's 
it just also reminded me everybody's doing the same thing mm-hmm. or everybody's going through something. Yes. Or life is just lifing. Life is lifing. Yeah. Life going life. Yes. Life going life. Life, life and lifing. Life and lifing, you know, life, lifing and living, you know, like it's it's three dynamics that, again, we cannot ever, ever, we can only overstand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's really key, you know, but I don't want to, I want to just, so the five, the five power. The power list. The power list. Yeah, it could either. It could be as long as you want it to be, but I feel like three to five is perfect. Tierra's is prayer, meditation. That's all one. Prayer and meditation yeah, all one? Yeah, because prayer, meditation is a form of prayer. Okay. Yeah. That's, so I just, that's why I tell people, because they be thinking like meditation has to be some big, wild production. Well, so go on. So when you, when, someone, when you say pray and meditate, what do you mean? So just like, just be still. Yeah. Like quiet your thoughts. It and I always tell people like if you have no thoughts during meditation, we need to talk. <laughs> because what? I'll be it'll be so many thoughts running through my mind when I meditate, but I don't dwell on them. That's that's the key, right? Acknowledge them, let them pass through. I revisit them thoughts in two hours, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But like meditation is really just calm, like you know, quieting your thoughts, just being still, being present in the now. Like maybe you meditate on a on a phrase or something, or like, because I feel like that's what prayer is too—just yeah. being still in the now. And I always say like, when I'm talking out loud, I'm talking to God. Yeah, that's a form of prayer for me too. Like, prayer doesn't have to be like I said, a big wild production either. There, I feel like they're just intertwined, one and the same thing. Like, just being one with your thoughts. That's real. I know Balawa told me that every time we speak, we talk to God. Yeah, I always say that. When I'm talking out loud, I'm talking to God. That's so real. And it, it gets to this uh, term NOMO, N-O-M-M-O. Okay. Which can mean like life and force. Um, it's most popularly known as like uh, the power of the spoken word. Okay. But it's also known as like the breath of life. Okay. Like it's an African term. But a lot of what you're saying is just reminding me of this idea of no more, no mm-hmm. more, no more. Yeah, like prayer, meditate, journal. That's that one. You know, read 10 pages of a book. And I'm like sick because I don't have no more books with me right now. <laughs> I literally finished The Rest of Power Now yesterday. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. Sunday. I'm sorry. On Father's Day. Yeah, I finished it. And I'm like, I don't have anything to read. I'm like... All right, okay. Guess I got to go to Barnes and Noble. Buy a little book. Barnes and Noble's trip ain't nothing. Last time I went to Barnes and Noble when I was here, the first half of the year, mm-hmm. I spent two hundred dollars on books. That's yes, that can happen. I now. have an issue. That can happen. I don't know if it's a bad issue or a good one, but listen, what I tell you about consuming, like I know, but I'm consuming, just consuming, 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 like. Con- feed your body the right things feed your mind the right things like it's the most the 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 only thing i find harder than speaking out loud is writing my ideas down mm. or writing my beliefs down okay like, writing is like a sacred ritual as yes. well like yeah. it's to really write something that you believe in and feel and mean and are proud of others to read. Yeah. Like, 
and publish and things like that that is something sacred like so someone who invests that amount of something into into anything like that's something you should consume like that's true i'm trying to stay away from these non-vigorous like innovations okay like i need rigor like (laughs) i need rigor like i need rigor like i need rigor you know like because the 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 difficulty of getting something done is what makes it valuable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, powerless. Read. Read. Make my tea. Well, actually, that's just going to happen anyway. So that's not even on there because I do it unconsciously every day. Drink a gallon of water. Sometimes I don't, I might not get through my gallon depending on what I got going on. Get active, but most importantly, like the last thing that that's on my list that's very important is. Basically, just pour into somebody else or check in. So, or whether that's like, you know, when we hopped on the phone mm-hmm. on Wednesday, you know, just checking in. That's real. Or me just, you know, maybe I'm at the gym or something and I compliment somebody or I hold the door for somebody. I don't know. But just me holding space for another person. That's, that's, that's never going to come off of my list. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Being and, a servant. Yeah. And as you go through your list and these things start to happen normally on a day-to-day basis, you take it off and you replace it with something else. Yeah. So once I get through my third book, I'm going to take that off because that's just something, that's a habit that's instilled in me now unconsciously and I don't need a reminder to do it. Yeah. So that's how the power list works. That's real. That's real, man. Yeah. So we just swap some me. books, man. Yeah. We just swap some books. I wish I would have bought it with me. I would have gave it to you. You can swap some books. I keep some books. I'll give it to you before I leave if I see you. All right. Yeah. We're going to make that happen. (laughs) We're going to make that happen. Power swap. You know what I'm saying? I like your necklace. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can I have one? Actually, he made me this necklace right here. I don't know if you can see it. Quality. I know. I be telling everyone, like, yeah, my friend made this for me. (laughs) Real talk. Real talk. Hey, he makes all my girls. I want to tell... Can I tell the story now? I tell the story. Okay. So, we first met in 2017. 2016. 2016, 2017, yes. And so, Rich made me my first girl. And this is when I was going back and forth to Miami, like, every month. Like, it was religion, going to Miami. I remember this one time. I went, had my girl. We went to Tootsie's. (laughs) Like, three in the morning. And then I lost my grill in the strip club. But I think I was also eating crab legs. This is when Tootsie's had crab legs. Mm-hmm. And they don't even sell crab legs anymore. And I'm upset. That's why I don't like going to Tootsie's anymore. Because they replace it with lobster tail. No. And I want some crab legs. And so I lost my first grill. In the strip club. In the strip club. It was like five in the morning. That's why was crazy. I eating crab legs at five in the morning? Don't ask me why. I mean, but that's some Miami. That's some Miami. I thing. haven't lost anything since, though. I would say that. That's quality. Yeah. That's quality. I don't probably lost maybe, uh, I would say like 12 or 13 pairs. Okay, well, you're the professional, so you can just make it. I can't just wake up and like, oh, I'm going to make myself a grill today. You know the plug. I know. I mean, <laughs> I, listen, I put everybody on, like, the girls that were on my retreat, they were so monkey. I said, wait, hold up. You need to go to here, to here, to here. And so. Real talk, real yeah. talk. 
I'm gonna I'm I'm plug you. I, I speak all my I speak my friends' names in the room when they're not there. That's real. You know, and I just hope that that same energy and that reciprocity is present when it comes to me as well. No, but, you that's know. real. And it's so crazy because when you start running into people like at events and you're like, oh, snaps, we got mutual friends. Mm-hmm. That also is like, like, because I respect somebody off of you being their friend. Like, they'll have all the respect in the world off to me. Like, I feel like if somebody's my friend, mm-hmm. then people could assume a certain amount of things yeah, about that person. Yeah, it speaks very highly of you. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't choose the best friendship upon people who don't have that rich in spirit quality. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what I'm saying about just being very intentional about my relationships. Yeah. And so I remember last year, I did this with my homegirls because, you know, women, we emotional. So, we you know, we ha- sometimes handle things differently in our female friendships than it would be, like, if something would happen between us, you know. Not not like that, but, you know, like. Nah, we ducks. We can. You, you piss me. Yeah, like, we, all right. What's up? All right. But, you know, I sent a message to them, like, you know, as I go through this next chapter of my life, I want you there with me in the long run. And if there's any... You know, anytime, any moment, something happens between us where you feel like, you know, I've wronged you or disrespected you. I want you to come to me first rather than just ghosting me and cutting me off with no explanation because I just value this friendship or this sistership on a different level. That's real. And I just feel like communication is so huge. I'm just really big on communication. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, like... Just say what it is. Yeah. And that's my biggest issue. Communication is not confrontation. I'm not a communicator. I am not a communicator. I How just, you are not communicating? I'm, you a whole professor. I mean, I'm talking about in my relationships, like, because I'm a Capricorn. Oh, so gosh. I just be like, Lord. you know what? All right. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, and I could easily be like, fuck it. I could, let's say you, you piss me off to the 10th degree. I would walk into this establishment that's yours, and I act like I don't even know you from Adam or Eve. Earl talk. Yeah, but I but that's when I say Tier has done a lot of work. That's real. Me, I need Ooh. to do a lot of work because if you do something, if I speculate that you did something that could piss me off I under spec- the wrong context, <laughs> speculate like. Forget so now you're a psychic. The establishment. <laughs> forget walking to the establishment. You'll never see me again. Well, that too. Like, or, or if you if you do just so happen to see me, <laughs> I'm sorry to you. And then I'm and then I'm crazy because I'll be like, son, like if somebody pissed me off, like I'm gonna make sure every time they see me, I'm shining brighter. <laughs> Why you say it like that? Shining brighter, like it's the teeth clench. I'm, I'm shining, shining brighter, brighter, bro. Like what, son? You should just automatically do that regardless. Facts. But because this is what I realized. 2015, I don't know what happened to I went through a, a different type of glow up. Mm-hmm. Different type of glow up. And I can just honestly say, I could have just basked in that situation that I went through and let it control me, let it consume me. But shit, I would like to say I turned out pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Namaste. I don't say namaste no more, but yeah. What does that mean? It's a greeting. 
didn't even know. Yeah, see, people be saying shit, don't even know that yoga's so westernized, but I'm not, that's a whole different conversation for another day, because I'm going to ruffle some feathers. And, you know, I'm a little- Don't ruffle no I'm feathers. not, that's, that's what I'm saying, you know I'm a little rebel child, and I just, I don't want to do that. I'm- <laughs> I can be. That's what I've realized. I'm a little ratchet. That's real. I'm a little ratchet. You said that's real. Righteous. You said that's real. Mm -hmm. That I'm ratchet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I realize that I'm like, ooh, child, I might be. I'll be forgetting I'm from PG County, Maryland. Hey, hey. Temple Hills, to be exact. Temple Hills, right by Iris and Mall. I used to walk to Iris and Mall. Or I went to uh, what's the name? Uh, Hillcrest Heights. Oh, you bird. Bro, no, that was that was a <laughs> like, that was a good school. It's like no joke. That was a good. That's a high school. school. That's an elementary school. Oh, I went I, to Middleton Valley Elementary. I started off at Turner Elementary. Oh, I know where that is. Bro, bro, shout out to Miss Murphy. He changed your life. Miss Murphy was like my kindergarten teacher or my pre-K teacher. She mm-hmm. was amazing. My kindergarten teacher. I don't want to talk about her. Okay, we don't have to. Or my third grade teacher. Okay. Yeah, so that got ugly. She hit me with a yardstick, bro. She probably had permission to. Yeah, but I took the yardstick and hit her back. What? <laughs> bro. That was like the first like public ass whooping I ever got. My father came to the school, bro. Like, and really, really, really. <laughs> okay, well... I definitely forged my mom's signature on, you know, how you had to get like your test, your quizzes graded. Yeah. I mean, quizzes signed by your parents in elementary school. Yeah. This was third grade. My teacher whooped my ass. Her name was yeah. Miss Simmons. She whooped my ass. But my mom gave her permission to do that anyways. But like, she whooped, she whooped my ass. I got home. My mom whooped my ass. My dad, my aunt, my uncle, everybody. Yeah, so I ain't gonna. I was a. I wasn't bad. Uh, I wasn't a bad kid. I just, I just had authority issues. I didn't have authority issues. I just felt like no one had authority over me. So authority issues. Yes. I just didn't see nobody with with the jurisprudence to like. You're in third grade. <laughs> Real talk though. You don't know no better. Real talk though. Real talk. Real okay, talk. so what was like the pivotal moment in your life that that changed you? Okay, all right. This is deep. Okay. So the pivotal moment in my life that you don't changed have to me, go too deep into it. It's all good. Okay, I've, I done evolved. All right, but um, I was ten, maybe eleven years old, and we were at a uh family reunion cookout in Virginia. Mm-hmm. South South Boston, Virginia, to be exact. Where and is that? It's like close to North Carolina. South Boston, Virginia. South Boston, Virginia. Like oh, this right. really hilly area. Well not it's in this very rural, hilly rural area. So um everybody turned up and one of my aunts had two sons that were like around my age. So you know, we would hoop and all of that. And my aunt made quality country breakfast. So, Ooh. you know, I'm chilling. Like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just go back with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I had a crazy breakfast with the homemade hash browns and all of that. And we just going to hoop afterwards. I'm hungry. I'm hungry, too. All right. <laughs> and we just going to hoop it up afterwards. So we going back. 
And it's like three o'clock in the morning. And then all I remember is waking up at like two o'clock PM in the hospital. You? Yeah. Oh. Right. And the craziest part about it was when it took me like another, like I ain't get up out the bed until like maybe a day or two later. Mm-hmm. Like they had the thing in my joint and all of that. And I had a one and permanent marker on my forehead. So I'm like, why the fuck is there a one on my forehead? And they said, you were the first person on record to die on the day of your car accident. What? Real talk. Like, one on my forehead, permanent marker, like, permanent marker. So, and I just woke up to like my mother looking at me, my father looking at me, Mm -hmm. and like, everybody just there. Like, I'm just like, what happened? I'm like, what happened? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, what happened? You something was written over you, child. Man, what? It's been so many situations that like have just made me realize that like I'm really here for a real reason, you know? Yes. But it also made me realize that we're all are here for real reasons. Like, like I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't necessarily believe in in, in prophecy, but I do mm-hmm. believe in messengers. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe people know what's to come, but I do think people know what is, bro. Like, and we all have been placed on this earth for a reason to perform some type of service and some type of task in an effort to achieve a goal that was written to be manifested long before we came here. Right. No, I I truly believe that as well. Like, we are servants. Like, the beautiful thing about Kemet, Egypt, whatever you want to call it, is that the Pharaoh had to make himself. The Pharaoh was supposed to be an exemplar of service. He's supposed to show everybody that I am a servant of God. The most powerful man in the world is a servant of God. In fact, the only reason I became the most powerful man in the world is because my responsibility to God is greater. Ooh, child. So it's like when you survive certain things and you survive certain traumas, like a lot of people let those things get you down. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why I say it's very important to that you don't just stop at 180, you make a full 360 and come back to that moment so that you can see that in the context of the person that it made you. Listen. Like 2015 made you. I literally like I text I text my mentor and I said, let me find it, because we be rapping. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. I said, time's out. Where is it? Okay. No, that's not it. Oh, because it was Monday when it came up. I said, it's just reminding me. I said, basically, that video lit a flame under my ass, Mm -hmm. for real. And she was like, in what way? I was like, it's just reminding me, reminding myself how far I've come and how I can how I can't settle for the bare minimum. And that's whether it's with life, relationships, career, whatever it may be. And how I truly love myself 360 in this very present moment. I was in a dark, a dark place back then. And I was like, you know, just banter the rest of it. But like, 
it was like it's real. Like we can let our trauma either force us into an even darker space or we can grow through it. Yes. And so like that's why I say therapy is crazy, like not crazy. Therapy is real. Um, or even just surrounding yourself with a tribe that's going to lift you up. Yes. Like I'm telling you, like, I just I know. I know when my friends, when something's going on, like I'll text my best friend and be like, what's wrong? I live in Florida. She live in Houston. <laughs> I be like, what's wrong? Like we might not have even talked all day. I be like, what's, what's going on? I can just feel it. Yes. Like that's how in tune I am, not only with myself, but with my friends, with my tribe. Nah, that's real. Like, And that's like, that's a gift though. Like that's a super gift. Yeah. Like that's a super gift. Like and everyone needs that person. You know, so quick little exchange. So, I, first off, I want to ask. No, first off, I want to say thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because I feel like that's like nothing that. you—that's not something you share willingly with a lot of people. No, nah, or period. At, at honestly, it's not. But I think it's something that I should share more. You know, only because, like, again, like the things that happen to you have to happen to you, like. They have to happen to you. Mm -hmm. And for you to survive them speaks to you. You know what I mean? Like, it speaks to to you. So, yeah, man, like, that was, like, the pivotal thing. And and at that point, if I was, I already was kind of, like, not feeling authority. Like, after that, it was, like, can't really nobody tell me. Nothing. Like, because the, the... like, who can demand something? You can't demand something from me because it's nothing you can take away from me. Because everything has been taken away already. Facts. Like I learned that. I learned that life is a material object. No, it is. Life is a material object. Ooh, I really want you to read the power now. I'm gonna read it because this is the second time it was referred. It was in the last it. chapter, he's the second to last chapter. He was saying that is. Gosh, I don't even want to misquote it. But he said, like, we live to die. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not saying, like, physically live to die. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, the... <sighs> I'm going to mess it up. Just read it. I'm going to read it. Because okay, in you. my mind, like, just thinking of this idea of living to die, like, you can't live in accordance to your flesh. Like, you can't judge life by the measure of the time span that your body is moving on earth. Yes. Like you cannot limit, you cannot limit life to living and dying. Yeah. Like the person who is at peace doesn't fear death. Exactly. And, and, uh, and uh, the person who plants seeds don't fear death either. Mm-hmm. Like plant this, this again, another reason why this podcast is so important to me because it's going to live. You know what I mean? It's going to mm-hmm. live like, Holding the door open, you know what I mean. You said that every day. One of your power, one of the things on your list is that you know just serving somebody. Yeah. When I, uh, I love podcasts, and Oprah has me in a chokehold. Clearly, but I don't even remember this episode. But I, this one thing stuck out to me that the guy she was interviewing said, and I just gotta find it. He's like, I know I'm successful when. Like, my whole purpose is to serve others and please God. Yes. And that just goes along with, like, I was, 
R&B Money podcast have you, with Tank. Have you listened to that yet? Yeah. Did you watch the Jamie Foxx episode? No, no. Oh, my God. It was so good. But Tank was basically saying, like, he had met Trey Songz, Chris Brown, all of them. And at one point, his, you know, his purpose was, like, the money and the, and the you know, the attention and all that stuff. But then he realized, like, his purpose really is to serve and just put others up and show up for others. And I was like, damn, that was me. At one point, because I was like, damn, I want to be this this huge yoga instructor. Like, I want to be this, this, and this. Not, not necessarily famous, but, like, I used to be like, why are all these other people getting put on and I'm not getting put on? And then, and I'm not getting paid my worth or whatever it may be. And then I just had to realize, like, my sole purpose is something totally different. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love teaching, but I really love to just hold space for others. And I realized, like, my purpose is so much bigger than me. Not saying I, I don't, you know, need to survive and, you know, pay my bills and all that stuff. That That's going to come, right, tenfold. But when I realized that people can, people feel safe in my presence or safe enough to share, be vulnerable, that, that says a lot. Because yeah. you could be around somebody all day, but you wouldn't even tell them, like, if you had the opportunity y'all just chilling, you wouldn't even tell them your deepest, darkest secrets. Facts. Or like traumas yeah. that you've been through, whatever it may be. But I ain't telling you nothing. Right. I'm if I don't feel safe and comfortable enough around you to just share with you what's going on or like things that I might have been through or experienced, I, I I don't feel like I can trust you. That's real. And trust is like a foundational part of building. Yeah. So if I can do that for others and make people feel safe around me, that's huge. And I know that my everything that I work for is coming back to me tenfold. It might be like today when I want it here. Mm -hmm. But I was telling somebody last night, I've been patient a very, very long time. And I'm just now starting to receive on the back end if that makes sense yeah like i love being behind the scenes i don't need to be out there like i think it would be dope but if that's not what meant to be for me it's not meant to be and that's fine that's real yeah that's real but again like the story is unwritten yeah the story is the story isn't done like, right right the story isn't done the people that i see like really killing things like, I just look at all of the time they put in. Like, I look at all of the time Oprah put in. Like, mm -hmm. I look at all the time, like, I like I like Joe Rogan podcast. Like, but he... He's I, so controversial, Chad. I'm a controversial spirit, I know, though. but he uses the N-word too much for me. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just Ooh. saying. Hey, listen. Listen, no. That, and that stems from stuff I experienced That's in, real. in my past. That's real. Like, when I was younger... In college, like those are triggers, right? I almost got kicked out of school my freshman year because of that word. I'm with you. Cause somebody of this this color called us that word. And it was about to you. be <laughs> meet us off campus. And then she snitched on us and we almost got kicked out of school. Like it was, it was a it was a whole thing. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Me, all right. This is my stance on white people saying the N-word. Don't say it. How about that? It's simple. Don't say it. Don't say it is don't say it is what I would like. <sighs> don't say it is what I would like. That is literally the highest 
if I could ask, if somebody asked me, what is the greatest outcome from the N-word? I would say if, you know, everybody just accepts that. I can say it, but white people can't. Like, <laughs> like if everybody just accepts that, that's my greatest, greatest ask. That's the greatest possible outcome. Yes. But in the fact that I know that, let me be generous and say 75% say it in the absence of black people. More like 90. I like to be generous. Why? I just don't. Okay. Because the truth, the truth. The I mean, truth these is are powerful. but also these are things that we can't control either. Especially and we all have our own opinions and you know perspectives on things. But me, that's why I say I speak every time I speak, I speak from my experience. Yes. Not from anybody else's. I don't try to act like I'm a super subject matter expert. In certain subjects, I absolutely am. I'm that girl. But you know. I'm not a super subject matter expert yeah, in just, all things. I don't know everything. I'm also a student of life still. I'm with you. I just, again, I always meet people where they at. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, but that's a hard thing to do. I always meet people where they at. You could be the most, you could come in this thing, you know, you know all white with the hoodie on. Like, and if, Ugh. and if you keep it respectful, you can sit down right here and we can talk. Why? Because, the words you use, the groups you're a part of, none of that has no power over me. Right. No, I I, 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 release I feel it. That. I release, I told you something. Like, it begin, at the beginning, I used to revolt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever it was something, I would revolt. I would, like, Arr. That's I, control. Africology, African-American mm-hmm. doctorate studies. But then it got to a point where it was like, None of that got power over me. Right. I I wish. Like it would be it would kind of make me happy for like the Ku Klux Klan to run up on me. Like <laughs> that would kind of be a cool day. Okay. All right. Because the fear factor is gone. Oh yeah. And again, like you're talking to somebody who's again, my life been taken. What, what you what can else can you take from what me? can you like this world is cool. I love this world, but I've experienced other worlds. Oh, and I think it's some better ones out there. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's some better ones out there. Yeah. I think it's some better ones out there. But we get our admission into those worlds by what we do in this world. Yes, like I be really trying to make sure I can afford the price of admission into the world promised to me after this life. Oh, child, I'm getting emotional. I don't know why. It's that's a word real. that's been spoke. That's real. Like I'm like. <laughs> no, real talk, bro. Like, I really work hard to make sure I got the price of admission for the world that comes after this life, bro. Like, I truly believe that with all my heart. And it's bad because it turns me, it kind of turns my service into a little bit of selfishness. Mm. But God knows my heart, though. But every good deed, I get back to the Kabbalah, the, the Kabbalah tree. It's like a Jewish mysticism with this. Spark of God surrounded by a husk of evil. You know what I'm saying? And everything and the sparks of God are cipheret or something like that with the different things. But you can have um, ambition, but ambition can turn into gluttony. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you got to be careful, right? So, my whole thing is, like, I'm always trying to make this spark grow bigger, bro. Like, I'm always trying to make this spark grow bigger. Because if, if two or three of us can get into a room, like... All of our light combines. 
you know. It's scary. And that's scary, like, in a bad way, but scary, like, in a good way. Like, it just gives me chills. That's real. And that's that's always been my focus. Like, when I'm doing a good deed, I'm thinking about the next life. <laughs> like, that's why I'm constantly doing good deeds. I'm constantly thinking about the next life, like... People do not think about the next life. They live life as though that their actions don't come with consequences. Yeah. And all Ooh, I can't you, wait till you read this book. Oh my God. That's real. You want to text me and be like, T. This ain't crazy. Yeah, it is. It, listen, it is because when I first started reading, I was like, oh, this is confusing to me a little bit. But I've heard him speak before. Mm-hmm. So I I know like how he talks. But then I started to like really just get out of my head. As I was listening, not as I was listening, but as I was reading, I was like, oh, this is this is a this is causing me to to be in this moment on a on a deeper, yeah, like more open-minded type level. Yes. And it really takes I used to be very closed-minded, I would say, and very judgmental and ignorant to things that I didn't understand. For example, like tarot readings and stuff. Yeah. I just think like, oh, this is the devil. But then I started doing my research and then my big sis, slash mentor, she gave me my first tarot deck. Mm -hmm. And I started getting readings. I was like, oh, like, and then I started doing research. Like, oh, you can't receive a message from the tarot unless you believe in a higher power. Yeah. A.K. God, Allah, whoever you believe in, who are all the same person. But that's another conversation for another day. We just call them something different. But you have to pray over your cards. Yes. Before you even pull them, you got to pray over the person. Like if I was pulling cards for you, pray over you, pray over the cards first. And then, you know, go about your business. But I was like, dang, like all this is spirituality for real. But I used to think it was like, oh, you worshiping the devil type thing. Like, but I didn't know though, because you know, we grew up in like yeah, the church you know, and all that the stuff. Gentrified westernized yeah, yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. A spirit. Yeah. Gentrified westernized spirituality. Yeah, so I get it. Not as real. I had a similar experience. Um, I was taking a class a couple of years ago um called African Religions with Professor Ama Masama. I love her. <laughs> Like she's like one of my favorite like spirits. I love world. how you say her name. Like her name means fire. Ooh, she like, sounds like she feisty. As long as don't take no stuff. Like, and that's why, I, that's why I really appreciate her existence. But um, a part of the class was that we had to go and find practitioners of an African religion, and we had to attend two of like their ceremonies. Ooh, how right. was that? That shit was crazy because I chose Santeria, right? Uh, so Santeria, Wundun, and Yoruba kind of are in the same family. Okay. Uh, so that's another thing. A lot of people don't understand that when you talk about voodoo or voodoo, you're talking about an African religion. Mm-hmm. You're talking about an African faith, faith system. So um, he gives me a reading. And gives me a reading, and in the reading, it's 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 so crazy. He has he uses cowrie shells, and it's a mathematic equation. Like, I would have failed. Yeah, so he's like he's delivering the message through like the mathematics of the cowrie shells, and he gave me three lessons that you know I can um, that I live with forever. 
like that I live with forever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, lack of discipline to get you killed. Um, uh, see with more than my eyes. And the last one was don't make women cry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Yeah, so he said don't make women cry, son. He so, said I'm a son of Oshun, son. You he haven't said, made any women cry, have you? I don't think so. I, I don't make people cry. He said women, not people. I don't make women cry. Okay. I'm just, I like, I'm just making sure. I'm here to hold you accountable. I need an accountability partner. For real. I'm, for real. But hey, I'm right I here. have, son. Like, it's so amazing where I'm at in my mind, you know, like right now in this current space and time. I feel like we've both grown a lot. Exactly. A we lot. A Capital A L O T. Real tall. Underlined. Bold. That's period. real. And I feel like we still have a long way to, to go. go. For real. Yes. Man. A long way to go. Every day is some new shit. But T man, I had you in this thing. I know for listen. Talking and talking and talking. I've realized we've been friends for a long time. My face not even up on the wall in here. I don't know if oh, I need to talk to management boy. or I need to file a complaint or make like a negative Yelp review. Oh, boy. Well, whatever it may be, my face not up there. Like, I'm confused. Who do I need to talk to? I'm Excuse talk, me? I'm going to talk to my boss. You are the boss. My inner self. Oh, okay. And we're going to change this. We're going to get this. We're going to get this fixed today. I don't make excuses. I would like to say... I didn't have no tea when I came in. And I got her water, though. I have a gallon jug. I, 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 I mean, you came blessed. I'm still going to take the water, though. Take that water. That's I am vol- going to take it. That's that's, that's expensive volcano. water. Look, he got expensive water. I got water. her some volcano water. He y'all. got money. I got. Her, I, went, I went to Hawaii. He got, he got money. Hawaii for this water. When did you go to Hawaii? This morning. When? Like right before I came in. To get you the water. And he told you don't make women cry. It's imported. <laughs> it's imported, y'all. You'll be lying. Chill. <laughs> but nah, man. I want to thank everybody it was for rapping. listening. We didn't and even talk about school. We did not talk about school, son. We might have to do a part two or something. <laughs> oh, we can talk about it real quick. I'm down. I talked He's to my doctor. boss. I... I'm taking a leave of absence from school, but I am getting my PhD yes. in criminal justice with a focus on behavioral science. And my dissertation is focusing on yoga in prisons, more restorative justice rather than punitive justice, you know? Nice. So what are some of the benefits you see in instilling like this uh, or facilitating like more yoga in prisons? Um, Prison is a... It's a, a very, yeah. I wouldn't say chaotic place, but it could be chaotic, right? Depending on at what level you're at, minimum, medium, or maximum, um, or transitioning out. Uh, but I, what I noticed with like when I was teaching at Jessa was that the classes, when I was shadowing and then when I was actually teaching, uh, these men were very... And I taught an all-male prison facility, not females, just to put that into perspective. But um, they were serious. 
about their yoga. Like, I never was disrespected. I never felt unsafe. Like, mind you, I'm in the room with all them by myself. Yeah. You know, the COs, they just doing a lackluster ass job sitting in the bubble. If some shit would have went down, it would have been over for me. Yeah. But also, I wasn't scared. You know, I feel like people feed on not only fear, but how you treat them. So I never went in there and treated them like they were inmates. I just taught it like it was a regular class, right? So not only did it bring them calm, but they had something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So like just a way to channel your energy, channel all the things that you're holding on to. Like if you don't, if you feel like you don't have, like, like I said, once again, creating a space where people feel safe. Mm-hmm. So being able to create that atmosphere for them where they felt comfortable to close their eyes. In you know, in that space, in that environment, that means a lot to me. That's real. That's that's something very minute and small, but just seeing that impact. But now, if you're talking about rehabilitation, though, it's yeah, something that seems functional. Yeah, so like it was, but you know, everybody's not re- rehabilitative. Can't rehabilitate everybody. Thanks. Based on like you know other factors, mental, emotional, and you know just the level of maybe like the crime that was committed, right? But, you know, some of the guys, well, they're not supposed to contact us at all outside of, but one of them found me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) That's not funny, but it was so random. One of them found me on Instagram years later. And this was just like thanking me for that because I didn't get paid for that. That's volunteer work, right? So I'm driving from Gold's Gym, Capitol Heights, all the way to Jessup. That's crazy. After my workouts to teach. And some days I would get up there and I they wouldn't let me in. The prison could have been on lockdown or they didn't like what I had on. I'm like, bro, I have on like Lululemon sweats and a t-shirt. But it just depends on like the COs that are out there. But also, mind you, my background is law enforcement too. So like, I'm used to being in these type of environments. Like yeah. my, one of my professors at Penn State, he was a warden yeah. of a prison. And he took us to his prison. Like, we went and we was just, you know, parlaying with the people that was in there. I know it sounds very random as hell, but... It's quality, yeah, right? but I just really believe that... Pun- I mean, not punitive, but re- re- restorative justice is so much more, like, <sighs> effective rather than punishing people for their crimes. If that makes sense, it makes a it makes a million it makes a lot of sense because it's uh, gonna make me people rebel even more. Sometimes. It makes people rebel even more, and it makes people who are not rebel who are not re- rebellious. It makes people who are not rebels rebellious. Yeah, you know, I always say just because you've been found guilty for a crime does not mean that you did the crime, or does that make you a bad person? Right. So, like, like punishing somebody who sold a gram of weed. They just so weed, like. I mean, but weed, coke. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just using that as an example. It's like, like, I'm you know, I'm just using that as an example. But also, I feel like I re- not relate, but I grew up in. I didn't grow up peaches and cream. I didn't grow up with silver spoon yeah. in my mouth. Like I've seen a lot of things growing up. That's so, real. I'm not. I don't have rose colored glasses on. When it comes to the, I'm not throwing no shade that, at you. That, <laughs> when it comes, when it comes to like things that happen. Hold on, what y'all world. think? What is the, what y'all think, y'all? You've never heard that saying. What y'all think? Oh my gosh. What, you y'all think? Nah, nah I don't wasn't. have on Gucci rose colored glasses. That wasn't directed to me. 
It was not directed to you. You never heard that saying? Like, take off the rose, like, rose-colored shades. When people be in relationships and the red flags be right there, you just be overlooking the red flags. I never, never... I, I would not have worn rose-colored shades today. Oh, my gosh. It's a, it's a figurative saying. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But that's basically what I'm saying. Like, when it comes to restorative versus punitive justice, like, focusing more on, like, the mental and emotional, you know, well-being of people and getting to actual root cause of why I chose a per- this person chose to make these decisions. Like, looking back at, you know... Childhood traumas. Yeah. How did this person grow up? Was chaos in their life as a kid? Were they bounced, being bounced from home to home? Did they experience some type of physical, emotional, mental trauma? Like, if they had, like, you know, the ACE test done on them as a kid yeah. to measure that level of trauma that they experienced. Like, were they sexually abused? You know, mentally abused? Whatever it may be. People don't just wake up and be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go rob three banks today. No, it's a story. Yeah. Every, it's a story. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. And and every every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people who commit crimes are... Some, there are some scary people out there. <laughs> now, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Everybody is not able to be rehabilitated. In fact, but it's some beautiful people capable of scary things too. Like yes, because I like I said, I grew up where I grew up, so mm-hmm. I can't act like I don't know people who can be considered criminals who I don't find to be amazing individuals. Like yeah, like I don't. I, you know what I mean? Like yeah, he might have shot a couple people, but I still think like. He, he's a really nice person, like okay. a really nice guy. Like he didn't shoot you. That's why I don't know what those guys <laughs> did. I don't know what those guys did, but this is a great. Is this your professor run. voice? Uh, my professor voice is. <clears throat> this is like one of my students is behind. One of my former students is behind the camera. Oh, okay. Was he, was he a good professor? Amazing. Okay. What? This is my professor voice. I'd be like, I come in there. You know, I'll be like, I check in on everybody first. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, how y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? Then I'll be like, yo, uh, talk to me, y'all. What's going on in y'all world? Boom, 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 boom. Then we'll start reading some. And we'll be reading some for like three minutes. Then everything switches. Everything switches at that point. Everything switches at that point. The moment I get the like... Hold on, no, this is miseducation. Then I go into a whole tangent, like, and <laughs> and I don't talk a lot in my classes, though. I don't talk a lot. I let all my, I let my students talk. I let my students. I talk. love that. I, I start them off. I start them off with questions. I just be like, hold up, what? Y'all don't find this crazy? And then they be like, I mean, what you mean? So then I'm like, oh, let me show y'all this. I don't, I don't, I don't like putting ideas into people's heads. I show them some videos, boom, that just shows the other perspectives to things. Okay. And then once I show the other perspective, I'm like, now they like, oh, and they talking, boom. Then I let no one talk. I let no one talk. Let no one talk. Let no one talk. And then I just, I just try to guide the combo. I like that. I just try to guide the combo. See, yeah. I, that's what, honestly, I want to get to that point where that's what I'll be doing. I really do want to, honestly, okay, let me say this. 
I went back to school to get my PhD unconsciously to appease to my family. Yes. Shout out to the fam. No, 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 no. Not shout out to the fam. Oh, no shout not, out to no, the Not no shade, but like... <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. But like a lot of people don't know. Like when I first left the government, my dad stopped talking to me. You know how close I am with yeah. my dad and my his brother and his sister. They stopped talking to me, right? Because, you know, I'm in the government. I'm getting, you know, checks. But my uncle had been an entrepreneur ever since I was... Before I was born, mm-hmm. never worked for anybody. So out of all people, I thought he would understand. That's what I mean by like putting expectations on people, having attachments to the outcomes of things. Like the people that you really expect to support you will not. Yes. And it's okay. I had to learn that it's okay because they're not obligated to you. But, you know, it would be the people that you least expect that will go they're gonna pour fully into you. Yeah. And so you know, I went back, I think I went back to get my PhD because I felt like that would appease to them, my dad mm-hmm. and them, right? And so, because they don't see, like, what I do, and they still don't really fully understand, like, what I do as something that is survivable or lucrative yeah, or, like, a real career type thing. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to absolutely finish because this is my passion. Like, I really love when I was teaching in the prison out yeah. here. But I want to, you know, take it to a higher level. Like, I just know my purpose is something good. But I also know my worth as a student. And I'm not paying for that shit. One, because I I had a 4.0. I balanced a 4.0. And, you know, I'd be doing a lot of shit. I don't know how I did it. I would be in the club. Oh, my God. When I first moved, when I was in Miami, when I first moved to Miami, I (laughs) I was outside. You know, I moved at the top of the pandemic, so I'm outside. Outside. God forbid. Thank God. I've never been sick, never had COVID or anything like that covered. But, like, I remember I had a final dude. I'm in the club. Canvas. (laughs) Doing my my final, turning my final in. But, like, 4.0. I'm one of, like, four black students in my program. We don't give out scholarships. (laughs) Bitch, what? And then I see them, one of my homeboys who was in my program, he got a second PhD. Yeah, those people in my program getting second, third PhDs. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, I'm behind the times. But <laughs> <laughs> they all married. We had to introduce ourselves. I'm like, yeah, I'm Tierra. This is my first time here. I have no kids. You know, I'm 30. Living here, you know, about to move to Miami. What, you know, whatever it may be. Everybody's like, yeah, I've been married 10 years. Got three kids. This is my third PhD. I'm like, damn. damn. But anyways, but like he's sending me screenshots of the school reposting people saying, thanks for my scholarship. Woo-woo. And I'm like, what? Hold up, what? Like, why is it so hard for us to be supported? Like. It's a real thing. I'm not going back. I'm taking leave of absence. I'm not going back until I get. A scholarship and as you or grants or something that is, I feel like nice. I deserve it and plus my my study is very rare like I have people from you know the psychology department other places wanting to collab with me on my dissertation yeah I feel like that speaks volumes it does but that's it, just me it does and that's important work you know that's important work the teacher in me is telling you even though you've taken a leave of absence to continue being a student you know, to continue those collabs, 
continue those things. We will talk about this off camera. We're going to talk about this off camera. But I, I'm Y'all don't a- see my face. Y'all see my face? We're going to talk about this off camera. But no, nah, Zoom in. We're going to talk about this off camera. We're going to talk about this off camera, y'all. All right. With the side eye. With the side eye. Oh, don't yeah. worry, y'all. I'm hungry. Straight up. Me too, man. But listen. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank my very special guest, Tierra. My feet actually don't look at my feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for coming through and really dropping a lot of gems on us. You know, again, being an exemplar of what we mean by what it is to be rich in spirit, man. Can I say something? Please. I just want to say thank you. I'm going to give you your flowers. Because from day one, he's always saw something bigger in me than I saw myself in the moment. And so he's always pouring into me and into other people, of course. But I, like I said, I speak from my experience. I just want to say thank you Man. From, for inviting me to share and to hold space with you. I received that. And I feel like we still have so much more to talk about. So I got to have you back on. We do. I got to have you back on. We do have a lot to talk about. And again... You know, I know every time I see you, you're going to shine brighter, you yes. know, which is the goal, like, yes. which is the goal. I don't want to see none of my friends, my family, my loved ones. I don't want to see no dying flames. You know, I agree. we are fire. We are fire. We are fire. We are fire. <laughs> and oxygen just makes flames grow higher. So breathe Ooh. and everything will be okay. This is Rich. This is the Rich Podcast Network. This is Rich in Spirit. We love y'all. We'll check y'all later. Peace, love, enjoy. joy.